Hello everyone, welcome to Dungeon Boys. My name is Keith. My name is Josh. Zenus. My name is Bryce. And we are the Dungeon Boys. We've gone full audio. I'm now looking at Bryce and Zenus. You can't see me doing it, but I am. Well, you were doing that at the beginning of the Well, yeah, excuse me. I'm now sitting across from them directly. I can look mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. everybody at this table except Bryce. He's still Bryce and I are still in the same basic positions. He's to my left. I am on the farthest right. But I can look at people now <laughs> without neck pain, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, if you're trying to visualize, you've got it. This is a short episode. You may have noticed from the time, the length, when you clicked on it, you're like, man, they've condensed a whole hour of D&D into 10 minutes. That sucks. We're amazing. <laughs> it's a lot less to look at. So, right. Yeah. yeah, but we have gone full audio, so you will no longer be seeing our faces. We didn't really think that anybody got a whole lot out of seeing our faces anyway. The quality of the videos, I mean, it's not exactly 20th Century Fox, you know? Mm. Um, it smells like ivory soap. Yeah, my Bryce is sniffing the air. I'm using a very powerful um, Irish Spring deodorant. That's what it is? Yep. As soon as you turned off the fan, I was like, I'm in Ireland right now. And guys, that is why we're the 10th most popular D&D show on the internet, because of the relevance of the things we talk about. Exactly. <laughs> we're 10th out of 10. <laughs> we are definitely like 1,000 out of 1,000, boys. <laughs> but we're moving up. <laughs> um, but anyway, we've gone full audio, so be sure to listen. If you're on iTunes, leave us a review or something. Let us, let us know how we're doing. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you should just be seeing a big Dungeon Boys logo. Uh, which we feel is adequate for our purposes. That's actually what we look like. Yeah, for what we're doing here today, we're doing a little recap episode. We've been in 10 episodes. One one thing about D&D shows that I find almost a little bit frustrating at times is whenever I, I encounter one and they're real deep in the game. You know, they're, they're like 100 episodes in or whatever, and I want to get up to date. So I, I would, and, and a lot of times I can't. I have to start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And maybe I want to jump in and just, you know, kind of cruise. So we're going to try to do maybe every 10 episodes, do a little bit of a recap of the story so far. So if you want to jump in after we've already done 10 episodes, which uh, with us being a young podcast, being amateur podcasters, we probably learn something new every session that makes things better and we tweak things. So if you don't want to go back and listen to all the beginning ones, you don't have to. You can jump in right here and learn the story so far. For the full story, we would greatly appreciate if you would go back and listen to the first Of course. Episodes. I would love yeah. if you down, if you go and download those and share them with your friends. That would be absolutely <laughs> fantastic. So, the story so far, we are in the world of Medine, which is a world characterized by um, a an oligarchy, uh, a rule of a high council of ten that are all wizards. Uh, and they see things, They the way they see the world is that people who can't do magic and people who are poor have nothing to offer. So the poor and the magicless are pretty much animals to be slaughtered uh, or to be sent off to work in camps. And the people who are wealthy and can do magic, which usually go hand in hand in this world, um, the magic users are seen as the, the most, the more powerful people, and they are they are favored, uh, and they are. Um, there's some dastardly things going on. Uh, one of the biggest dastardly things right now is uh, things called the Cullings, where uh, the Orc army, which is created by the High Council, comes around to towns and settlements. Every, what's going on? Taking off my shoes. <laughs> okay, get, getting comfortable here, people. Getting comfortable. It's, it's a cozy vibe up in this piece. That's right. But um, the Orc army is going around culling people. They'll go to settlements every couple weeks or every week or so, uh, and they'll pick a few people out of that, uh, just at random, out of that, out of that civilization, out of that town, and take them to a work camp. Or the the characters really don't know exactly what happens to these people once they're culled. Um, but there's suspicions that they're maybe even executed, or they may be just put in work camps or what work camps or whatever. Um, 
I don't know if I'm going to be able to record, record this podcast looking at this, the two mischievous characters on the other side of the table. No, my feet uh, I think Zenas so has decided that the shoes were the better option. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> true. Back on. Hey, thank, thank, thank goodness smell-o-vision is not a thing. We got like some plastic grocery bags we could wrap them yeah. up one, in. One good thing about going full audio is that you don't have to see a sweat all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah, weird because it's still geez. hot. It smells like salt and vinegar chips and like saltines <laughs> and butterscotch. Okay. <laughs> if, right, if anyone would like a free sample, yeah, send it. Go to Patreon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the tiers. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/TankMediaNetwork. Anyway, so that, that is that. That's the world we live in. So from. After that introduction, I want uh, tell us like who you play. Don't you have to tell us your backstory? Just tell us name, race, character, and then kind of recap the story for everybody. Uh, Josh, Zenas, Bryce. Okay. Um, I'm playing Arlo. Um, does not have a last name. Um, he's a forest gnome that uh, was raised by a uh, a dwarven druid and kind of floated from town to town, stuff like that, just helping people out. You're also a druid, right? Yeah. Also the druid, um, circle of moon druid. Moon. Is that you good? Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that meets requirements right there, dungeon master. Yes, that meets the requirements. That work. Um, I'll, I'll go next. Y'all don't know my real name, do you? I know your real name. You do, but you said it. You don't use it a lot. No, I've said it, but not to these two. Dungeon Master God knows. I know, but not... You no. said it when hey, we you were said it in when the you introduced your character. Yeah. No, I mean, he hasn't said it in the presence of our characters. Yeah. Or that's what uh, he's saying, but yeah. he has. Yeah, yeah. When we were in the office of that dude who was telling us to go to the constable's house, okay. he you, he asked you what your name was, and you said Grim, but I go by Thaddeus... Or I go by Grim, but my name's Thaddeus Baker. Okay, all right, yeah, okay. Because uh, he I, was asking about the Bakers. No, it was the, the constable the, was the asking constable about The constable was asking bakers. about the Bakers, but... I, I think I did say it to that guy. Anyway, uh, I play uh, Thaddeus Grimm, air quotation marks, uh, Baker. A You have to spell out air quotation marks. Right. That's part of it. Um, Those are also in air quotes. God, y'all are a bunch of jokesters tonight, huh? He's mm-hmm. a bunch of jokesters. <laughs> Grimm is a uh, grave cleric. Um... Fallen awesome are, technically, but those don't really exist in Keith's world, so I am a quote-unquote human. It's a homebrew world. Zenus is going to find out about himself, guys. It's a I'm, it's a tale of discovery. We're all going to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. If we're good. I'm, I'm but the powers and stuff are the same. Oh yeah, powers Generally. are the same. Except uh, one concession was made. Grim can uh, he doesn't use, he's not <coughs> proficient with weapons. Uh, instead, he uses his fists and uh, he deals necrotic damage with them. Yeah. So. If I understand right, he does just doesn't have any proficiency with weapons, or he has disadvantage with weapons. He's just no well, yeah, proficiency. I was no confused. Proficiency. We agreed on no proficient, no okay. proficiency. But I was when we introduced him. I said he had disadvantage, and that was incorrect based on what we said. Okay. Also, a little bit harsh, I guess. Um, well, I mean, it was a thing that I didn't expect to come up, and then Keith was like, "Hey, there's just really sick hammer over here," and I was like, <laughs> well, resist. "I can't pass that up." <laughs> And then I bought a trident, which I, I do regret buying the trident. That was not a grim. Poxy. He was yeah, Poxy. He was caught up in Poxy. In Poxy, he was just looked at him was like that's pretty and that's. that's what was that I orc's name? Or, or ogres? He's an, he's an orc. He was an orc. Krog. Oh shoot! What was his name? Krog. Crumb. Strong. Krong. 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 Yes. Krong. 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 Krong.
Yeah, that's his, his slogan. Was it was Grom Strong? Right. Uh, but yeah, he, that's that was his that was his tactic, man. Poxy. Yeah. Po- how do you how do you turn poxy. down a weapon well, with I mean, a name? It's not even enchanted. It's gonna be you. real too. I'm just kidding. That's not how the Krong didn't try to get you. Whoa. And again, we are we appear. I mean, we're not recording right in the middle of the highway, but we might as well be based on how fast people drive by here. Bryce, tell us about your character. Uh, my character is Jack Law. He's a high elf rogue, um, swashbuckler. He was a butcher. His wife was abducted by the orcs that were. I thought we said she was killed. Huh? She was Shh. killed. Is that is that what you said up as? I thought yeah, that's why I set it up because I thought so. We we agreed that she was killed in like when she was trying to be taken. Yeah, like she, she was being abducted. And yeah, sorry. Yeah. Like accidental death. Right. Yeah. yeah. I thought. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I was trying to help. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. Before. I didn't know if you changed it in the uh, thing. No. Huh? Okay. I tried to keep to what we said. That's right. my bad. Then yeah, that's me and we, me and my companions have traveled together to. Uh, Lonesome. Well, we were already in Lonesome. Where did we go first? We went to the the forest. Yeah. So you started no, out and we, we went to the the slums first. Right. Yeah. Investigating. Yeah. Because yeah. we were sent on a mission to find out about the disappearing folk in the men, logging camp. Men folk. Yeah. And the current, to find out we did. The current setting there on the Isle of Flame, which is a small <laughs> island east of the main continent of Medin, uh, in the city of Lonesome. And yeah, the first the first scene. Was they started out all as recruits, trainees for the Lonesome Investigative Department, right. essentially like a, a citywide police force that has investigated disturbances. And yeah, there were some missing dudes uh, in the slums, and you guys went and tried to discover what was going on, and you did. Yep. And how did that terminate? How did we terminate that at the missing men of Lonesome? We determined that it was, I forget the name, the shapeshifter people. Doppelgangers. Right, doppelgangers. Yeah, yeah, the doppelgangers. Uh, we tracked them back to a underground gambling hall. The yeah. Shady Maple? Episodes mm. that we possibly may never top in this series. Mm. <laughs> possibly. Hope uh, not. Yeah, I hope that's not the case. It's not. The sh- underground portion of the Shady Maple, um, where we talked to Betty. Yeah. And she Extra pointed us shady. in the direction of all the games and what have you. And we came across... Uh, some peculiar people who kind of stood out, those being Fatty and that it, woman. Was the woman named? I don't think so. That woman. No, she was a just a beautiful woman. We chased them into the courtyard after Grim. Yeah, Grim. He messed people up. Grim pounded some Fatty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> battle with Fatty. Quick, move on. <laughs> We went outside and yeah, had an kidding. epic battle. Yeah, there was a boxing match. Mm-hmm. Really, a pretty high adrenaline boxing match. I would just like to point out that if Arlo, as a giant toad, could have fit back through the door, I would have totally, totally won the, the frog jump. Oh, you yeah. would have, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And the boxing match. Yeah. And the, <laughs> at the same time. Being the size um, of the room, no one could really play anything without you being a part of it. That's right. There you go. <laughs> I, I'd have just dominated the whole situation. Yeah. We also... Well, we didn't. Um, Jack... Jack Purchased, saved, rescued one um, burb, a kinku uh, creature. Slave, burb, yeah. Like, yeah. He was a slave. Um, he only speaks in, right now, he only speaks by repeating things that you all have said. Yeah. One of Burbalisms. his favorites. Yeah, one of his favorite things to repeat is, come on, friend, which is what Arlo told him to do. Right. And so any kind of like affirmative yes, any kind of, any like positive comment that doesn't require a whole lot of explanation is, come on, friend. 
Um, to we had explain, a lot of requests for burp action figures. Yeah, we have. Yep. We have. Yep. We're we're in talks with Mattel, Mattel and Hasbro right now. Um, mm-hmm. Bandai Namco. Do they make toys? Or is that is a, Mattel still around? Probably. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Mattel. Mattel Electronics presents. I don't think Mattel. <laughs> burp. I wish Mattel. I hope Mattel doesn't die when I grew up into an adult. Surely it wasn't just me keeping them alive. It was. Um, to explain the case, uh, these doppelgangers, they were like adolescent doppelgangers, <coughs> so they didn't have the wits about them. Uh, they were kidnapping husbands and then pretending to be them, stealing goods from the wives, uh, and then taking the, that money to gamble at the casino. Oh, so. I thought I thought that was just like the personality of like all doppelgangers. I thought they were like childish. Based, based on the Monster Manual, they... Doppelgangers are born whenever a doppelganger sleeps with like mates with a human or like a, another race, and then they're born as that race, and they don't really discover their doppelgangers until they're ad- until they're adolescents, I think. And like in that adolescent period, they're very mischievous, I think, is what I read. But mm. we'll we'll say that's what it was like. Um, you. They had no guidance, and so yeah, so there was a, a fight where you killed them in the courtyard. You it was pretty pretty cool fight. Jack Lawless and sweet moves. That was pretty um, awesome. Arlo turned into a wolf. Mm-hmm. Totally set up by everybody standing in a tight circle around them. Yep. Which, mm-hmm. oddly enough, is Jack's favorite place yep. to attack from. So, what happened from there? Well, be- before that, <coughs> we totally skimmed over it, but while we were on the the investigation, we found a temple, or the the, to- the tower from a castle. A tower. Yeah, 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 a tower from a castle underground. I appreciate you for mentioning that. In a cave. Oh, I do. I did. Rem- I did forget yeah. that. I'm going entirely. to. I'm going to reveal something for you and the listeners is that that is important in in its concept. That tower is not necessarily the most important thing, but the concept of that happening is is fairly important for our campaign. Right. So I appreciate that you remember it. I yeah, still yeah. have that note that said like you're too slow or whatever because uh, we. When we got there, we read one note from the two uh, undead, well, they were dead, um, things that talked about a mirror. Mm -hmm. And when we got down into the bottom of the tower, there was another note that uh, said somebody had stolen it. Mm -hmm. I I forget exactly what it said, but I'm assuming that it was the mirror that was stolen. Yeah, so the note said... Better luck next time. Yeah, the the note said something like, too slow or better luck next time. And at the bottom of it had kind of a logo. It was like it was on a napkin. Mm -hmm. And at the bottom it had a logo that said the Thirsty Thirge. On the bottom, the and the the skeletons were very odd. They were not humanoid figures that you had seen before. Thin. Tall, and thin, and had forearms. Yeah, thirsty thirds. That just sounds like a way, way off brand Mountain Dew kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Dollar Tree reject Mountain Dew. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's bad. Thirsty <laughs> that's bad. That's the kind of stuff we drink on game night. Yeah, <laughs> we'd be all over that. Um, no, I love I love the soda y'all bring. I don't want to try to say anything like that. <laughs> One of them was a name brand drink. I'm staring at two of them right That's now. right, Coca Colis, mm-hmm. Cherry uh, Coca. Three of them. There are three of them out here. So. Right. We're not um, sponsored. Yeah, we're not sponsored. Coke, if you want to hear your name on this podcast, you better throw us some money. That's all I got to say. <laughs> also, Every probably Mattel or at least Watch. If you work Coca-Cola. for if you work for Coke, please listen. Yeah, it's like we describe. Grim walks into the party and he picks up an ice cold, refreshing Coca Cola <laughs> with <laughs> his name yeah. on it. Yeah. Ah. Look, 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 look. I love the taste of Coke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> BBEG comes up. Hey man, I know you're evil, but you gotta love this coke. <laughs> Brings us all together. <laughs> the whole campaign is a coke ad. Yep, for sure. <laughs> it's a tie ad. 
<laughs> All right, so you defeated the doppelgangers. You went and you stayed the night in the Lonesome Investigative Department barracks where you all slept. Yep. Burb stayed with you. Mm-hmm. Burb, you freed him, but Burb decided to stick around. Yeah. And he has stuck around. Um, but the next morning, uh, you were called into the director of the LID, Corgus Box office. And what did he have to say? He uh, asked us a couple questions uh, about the state of affairs in Medine and then... Um, he explained to us that he was part of a secret organization and the we scales. What is it? Yeah, the servants of the scales. SOS for short. Um, we have to go foil the plots of the constabulatory. Yeah, yeah. That is the our current goal. We're going to fight the mayor. What's his face? Ronald Witherbranch. Ronald. It's not only that. The servants of the scale are kind of a. They're a secret organization that is doing their best to subvert the High Council. They're doing best to upend their attempts to what seemingly is to throw off balance in the world which the history of this continent is that it's, it is it is set up on the idea of balance that everything has a place and the uh, high council seems to be trying to throw that off and so the servants of the scale are are truly servants of balance they want to make they want to right right wrongs very cool and we we joined the servants of the scale you did uh, yeah, we didn't need we got a cool little thing on the badge from there, did go to the constable's house, and through different means, we have intruded. Which, in my opinion, the burb scene with me very much topped my fight in the fountain yeah. that time. Oh yeah. Oh crap! We we skipped the uh, the, the slave traders. Yeah, they're talking. I mean, oh, yeah, that's, I talking about that. Yeah, we, so they went to the market. You guys went shopping. The constable said, "Hey, oh, also we <coughs> didn't realize we didn't say why you're going to the manor." Uh, the constable oh, yeah. said, "Hey, there's some very there's a very important family who was supposed to come visit me. They're part they're very high up in the servants of the mm-hmm. scale. They're very important, and they they're supposed to come visit me, but they haven't made it. I'm concerned that the constable, who's been looking kind of wise to things that are going on, I'm concerned that they've been captured. Mm-hmm. So and I need you guys to go get them. It's it's also important because the constable Ronald Witherbranch is the brother of Donald 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 Witherbranch who is a member of the council yes who is the mm-hmm. ultimate evil of this land I did not even know that yeah, I didn't, didn't know that was, either I mean that moment in the office was a big <laughs> info dump yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, so I somehow missed it and that's also what, still that was like at 5 in the morning exactly yeah. yeah and that's what that's what I love about this type of episode is that we can get everybody up to speed without breaking the fourth light without Messing things up, you know. Yep. We can just we briefly don't have to look through windows in the fourth wall. Yeah, exactly. Um, Without breaking. So yeah, they went shopping, met a few people. That's where they met Krong, who makes things Krong strong. Zenas bought his uh, a, a set a suit of armor. Yep. Uh, plate, I believe. I not die so easily now. I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> My fault. Oh, that's all right. I didn't know what that it's was. Like a trolley from Mister Rogers <laughs> coming through. Um, I think that was we. We bought some magic items. Um, yeah. It's important to set up for the uh, Burb scene. Burb got a sword. Yeah. Screaming sword. The screaming sword. Y'all have got to keep cloak. me. Y'all have got to keep me. If he ever draws his sword, you got to make remind me because I may forget about the oh, yeah. screaming. Yeah, he takes um, damage. <laughs> it, it deals extra damage, right? But he also takes damage. It, yeah, it it deals some um, some sound damage as well as or sonic damage as well as. Um, he takes one sonic damage any time he unsheathes it. Mm-hmm. I have it somewhere. Y'all keep going. Um, so yeah, we just shopped around at the market for a bit, got some magic items. No, that was just like a side thing. I really just wanted armor. Yeah. Um, Forward to the manor. 
Yeah, we uh You go through how y'all got in. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Arlo and I decided to cause a distraction so Jack could <coughs> could get into the thing. So he kind of walked around the perimeter while um there were some kids throwing a ball around. I paid them some gold uh, to harass the guards, and I, Arlo and I discussed him becoming a toad and leaping mm-hmm. into it. There was confusion there. Yeah, I, I, I thought I was being clear in, in that I wanted him to hop the fence, but that that was uh, and I missed it. DM and I missed it, and we had a we had a, a brief discussion, a yep. brief stern discussion about location. and, See, and I, I thought I had hopped the fence too, but it turns yeah. out I was in like the town square or something. Yeah, by, was, the, by the fountain. But yeah. it, all, it all worked out. Um, Arlo camped out in the front yard as a uh, giant toad. And then made his way into the pond and yeah. kept sinking further and further down as uh, Grim and Ronald talked about what he was yeah, going to do. Yeah, because one thing about Ronald that you learned is that he typically goes on hunts and he loves to capture large beasts. That's right. Um, Hence why we did the whole giant than toad. a giant toad. Right. And there so, is, but you don't want to mess with that. So <laughs> the guards were absolutely confounded. The guards... Because I, I, the way we... I thought it was set up. The way I intended to have it set up is for y'all. I, I, y'all were in the, the town square. Mm-hmm. The original distraction was the guards were going to look at you guys, so um, so Jack could hop the fence. Is what I was yeah. picturing. And then okay. I never, I never saw them. I never, I guess, because yeah, I'm sure you did say it, but I just never, it never clicked for me that you wanted to be already over the fence. Well, I think what you mentioned that we were near the gate, and I just assumed we were like. 20 feet from sure, it, sure, sure. staring at it. Yeah. And so I wanted Jack to go around to the far side. We were going to cause like a loud ruckus yeah. on this on the side we were on, like the east side. Well, he's on the west, and then yeah. we all just draw all the guards it over there. But it is, and as D&Ds all happen in our imagination, it's rough. If you played, you know, these kind of things happen. Yeah. Um, what's also I, good... I think we should mention you got in. Yeah, I was, I was, gonna get there. Right, I was right. taken underground to like this secret little stable staging area thing for critters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... While I get while or before whatever that was happening, Jack did some pretty cool stuff with Burb. Yeah, I'll get to that. But uh, there's interesting creatures in there that we're gonna have to watch out for in this coming up episode. So yeah, yeah. Um, may want to mention that. I was gonna say that the guards were absolutely <laughs> confounded. They could not. They it was one. This never happens. A frog never jumps on the over the fence and lands in the pond. And his like rather charismatic owner cause hasn't happened yet. Grim Grim was very charismatic. With like the whole idea of yeah, this is my frog. I keep him in my house. It's too big. I'm trying to get rid of him. I know the constable loves him, and so the guard is so confounded. He's like, I'll go get him. <laughs> I'll go get the constable. That uh, makes sense. And so Ronald with a branch comes outside with his Savannah accent, and he agrees to to take. Uh, it's good. You know, yeah, he takes him. I thought you were going to talk about what he gave me. In yeah, I was about to say, instead of money in return, he gives him uh, access to the party that was going on at his house later that night. Ah, Brad. Or that mm. afternoon. So uh, Grim went back outside, conversed with Burb, who arrived there after his escapades <laughs> with Jack Law, uh, and convinced, like, hey, Burb, stay here for the party. Uh, it's kind of mid afternoon. The party, people are going ahead, heading to the manor. So Grim goes, <laughs> he goes and he tries to, like, Meander around the different parts of the the state or the constable's yard, and the guards keep looking back like, "Hey, dude, the house is that way." <laughs> oh, forgive me. <laughs> yeah, so he goes inside. Uh, but let's talk. Yeah, tell us what happened with Jack, man. Uh, Jack, music outside. Yeah, Jack uh, finds some footholds in the wall that perimeterizes the home with your thieves' can. Yeah, he he found a. Uh, 
thief symbol where apparently some thieves had broken into this poor man's home before. Mm. Not poor man. <laughs> uh, Rich man. So he and Burb, uh, during the whole frog escapade, have climbed the wall and made it... Yeah. Yeah, my, my <laughs> coke is like bubbling like I got science project. Uh, we made it inside uh, by throwing lots of gold <laughs> in lots of directions. Yeah, it's, Jack Law was in a video game like Assassin's Creed where one of your weapons is throw a gold piece to distract someone. <laughs> so I got in through the bathroom and made my way through the kitchen to the main living area. Realized that both guards were facing in opposite directions inward, so there was no way to cross through that room without causing a distraction. So Burb and I retreated to the restroom, and I had Burb unleash his screaming sword and run through the kitchen and back out of the house and across the courtyard and over the wall. And while all the guards were chasing Burb, I was able to sneak successfully to a passage located... Uh, just outside the back of the kitchen, the back door of the kitchen, um, and I have made it to. Uh, it was kind of a two-way staircase. Yep. One led down to a large dining area. Uh, basement. I thought there was a big dining table in like the metal box, or that was a basement, and the table in the middle was where they would take things like sort them and stuff and bring them upstairs to the kitchen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then yeah, that. And then upstairs was the constable's bed chambers. Which is where you are now. Yes. Which we will re-describe um, in this episode. Uh, not because it's changed, but because it's been a while, and I think we kind of we kind of maybe rushed through that description. Um, and then, so all we have, we have left Arlo. Let's, let's talk Arlo. Arlo uh, was taken to the stables, where there's a secret elevator in the stables. Yep. And you got taken down, and what did you see? Down the elevator. I remember, and it was like there was an owl bear in a cage. Yeah, basilisk. There was. Well, I didn't see the basilisk. Thank God. What? But you, yeah, there's like a guard who's been turned to stone in front of this other cage. Yeah. I'm thinking it's got to be a basilisk. We're going to find it. Wasn't there was another guard. I just I described oh, it. Yeah, I'm, I remember that. No, that was that was like the the stable boy. The oh, stable boy. Course. But like you you large. saw the basilisk. I didn't name it a basilisk, but I, so I described it. Like six arms and red spikes yeah. on his back. Yeah, and there was another thing. Um, An onkeg. Onke- oh, it, what, was a, it was an owl bear and onkeg. What is an? Onkeg? It is like a big armored prey mantis. Uh, Big, it's a big boy. Freaky looking man. Big boy. But not only that, the family you were looking for was also in a cage. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were there. (laughs) That's important. But before you could open their cage, you had to eat the stable boy. Yep. Well, I mean, I didn't have to. But you did. But (laughs) he wasn't going down easy, so... Yeah. I mean, things happen. You know how it is. Right. So You, you repeatedly failed at, like... Hitting him, and then you're just like, okay, fine, and you ate yeah. it. Yeah, I did. So he gave you no other choice. The then, I, then I turned from a giant toad, which is giant, it's like yeah. 10 feet tall, into Arlo. Into Arlo, who is a forest gnome. He's like three feet tall, yeah. 40 pounds soaking wet. You're kind of a frog of a human, a, fl- a frog of a humanoid, really. Mm. Kind of like a, you know, like a human toad. Human what toad. A, what a gnome is. <laughs> 
So yeah, yeah, and then and Arlo is is trying to deactivate these switches and stuff on the wall. Yep, and you do successfully. Cool. And the family comes out of the thing, and they're concerned that you just ate a person. The father is. Yeah, don't but worry about that. Everyone, they're happy to be free, and you, your conversation is essentially like, hey, I'm from the LID, and I think they mentioned that they know Corgus or whatever, and I don't know if you mentioned that you are a servant of the scale, mm-hmm. um, but I think you did. I think you did too. I think I'm fairly you, certain I did. But that's I'm pretty much where your conversation ended yep, yep. with them, because we had to go to Grimm, who was walking across the courtyard. Yep. He entered into the foyer and and saw my father, who asked what I was doing there. Yes, yeah, so and that was the, 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 the cliffhanger. The cliffhanger was that Grimm's father turned around, standing by you, a fireplace. What are you doing here, Next boy? to the door to the constable's study, uh, and he turned around and said, "What are you doing here, son?" Uh, and that is where we left it. I really enjoyed this recap. Yeah, I did too. That was nice. It's th- good to catch up. It's good to catch up. It's helpful to like like Bryce didn't didn't remember the the thing about the um whatever thing you didn't remember. I don't Donald. remember what I didn't remember. Donald. Oh, Donald. they're being yeah, they're, they're, they're being brothers. Uh, and it and it helped me to kind of hone in on what you guys are thinking and where you um good lord this week wow where you guys are our cheers oh, yeah. week where you guys are at mentally and and what we can hone in on. Um, but thank you so much for listening to this. You're up to date. Welcome. If you're just if you're just starting out, do there's a lot of stuff that you did miss in this episode. So if you want to mm-hmm. go back, now you know what to look for. Um, you do know the mystery of the missing men, so you can start out knowing that. Uh, but um, c- come forward with us. Thank you for coming in. Um, I want to bring up something. Uh, we are giving away a knife, mm-hmm. not just any knife. It's Jack's knife that I've actually replicated. Cleaned by yeah. Jack. It, I've actually made the knife, and I'm th- I th- thought of an idea. I've been keeping track of all the people that Jack has ended. Um, I'm thinking whoever wins it, uh, I could engrave a kill count on yeah. the blade. Right. If Ooh, yeah. that would be something that the viewers would like. So what we're what our goal is is t- before we give away the knife, we want to reach 250 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Uh, is a bit the knife is a big deal. It's not it's not something that Bryce made in five minutes. It's not made of plastic. It is a steel blade that you can use to cook if you want. Yeah. Right. Um, it is big, <clears throat> and we we want Bryce's efforts to be worth his while. We're not going to sit here on our knees like begging you to do this. But if you want an opportunity to win this knife, go subscribe to the channel. Follow me, uh, eat me, Tank Media Games on Twitter at Tank Media Games. Um, and and that's all you really need to do right now until we hit that 250 subscriber mark. If you want it to happen sooner, you know, spread the gospel, man. Yep. Spread the gospel of Tank Media Games. And if it's uh, well received, we will continue doing giveaways. Yeah, if it's well received. Also, if you really want to, we'll double your chances. We will increase your odds by at least one, by at least 100% um, on getting it if you'd leave us a review. If you leave us a review, you mention that cleaver, um, let us know. So leave a review, mention the cleaver, and tweet at us. Say, I left a review and I mentioned the cleaver. And we'll, we'll double your odds. But thank you for everything. Thank you for watching. We love you so much. We just love that you're here. I'm so excited about the game. We're actually going to play tonight. We've got plenty of time. we pretty much got an open-ended time slot tonight as long as nobody falls asleep at the table. Yeah, every episode until now has been recorded in the very early morning. Between 4 a.m. and 10 a.m. is when we record those. So. Except for the special dad edition. Right. Yep. So tonight is almost 8. we got plenty of time. Oh, yeah. So thank you so much for listening. We love you very much. <laughs>